And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Again, it is us, myself, John McCarthy, and the real punk, Josh Thompson, coming to you live with the latest edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We've got some things to talk about. We had Tyron Woodley against Jake Paul. I know that you've heard that enough, but it actually happened, and we got to talk about what happened because there was some things going on there that might not have been quite right. Tyron had the chance to beat him, probably didn't punch enough. Talk to Josh, see what you said. You were doing the fight companion. Did you have fun, and did you survive Quentin Rampage Jackson? Man, Quentin made the show. It was fun. He was fun. He was, you know, I've been around him a lot throughout our careers and stuff, but, you know, just being around him when he's, when it's like the shtick is not around, he's a great guy. He's an absolute oh, great guy. He's fantastic. Like, been around him from a long time ago, and we talked about it a little bit on the show. I was on the, um, I was helping Rob McCullough get ready for one of his WC fights, and I was already the Strike Force World Champion, so I, don't know, I was heading down there. I would go down there and help him train all the time. He was a good guy. We fought back in the WFA. And so after that, you know, we kind of just reached out to each other and like, hey, you know, he hit me up one time asking if I would come down and kind of help him train. I think it was for, I want to say it was for the the fight he won the title, but then he, then like later on he fought Jamie Varner for, WC. and then I think yeah in the WC. So WC. but um but yeah, we you know cool guy you know great guy been around forever. But uh but Quentin's Quentin was fun to be around back then, and this was a great time for us to talk about old stories you know pride stories ufc stories you know whatever fight just fight stories in general he's got a lot of great stories and it was fun it's good to have him on he's you know he just it was good it was just great it was great to be around somebody that like i can relate to in terms of history of the sport yeah because you're been both around old. so long <laughs> yeah thanks buddy <laughs> thanks buddy that, dude, that's that's my whole that's my whole thing like that's everyone, probably, everyone i relate to is they're all old it's, well, except for me, but it's probably because we're old in the sport. I mean, really, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I'm not like I am considered one of the older guys in the sport. I'm not, I'm not fighting anymore. But, you know, I mean, there was what there was the the original generation of the hoist and the Coleman's and those guys. The beginners, right? the yeah, pioneers, the, beginners, the legends, like the, the, the original alleged, the OGs. We call them the OGs. There was them. And then you had that, there was like a group in the middle. That was like Marco Huas and Paul Varlins. And then Frank Shamrock kind of came towards the end of that. And then Frank was that next generation, and then then it was us. So we, I guess you would say, we were kind of like the fourth. I was kind of in that fourth generation of, you know, of fighters. That was good. It was. I mean, I think it was you're just in the great. third generation. I'm giving you, you? third generation. Yeah, you because so? if you take a look, it is. It's Hoist, and you had guys like Mark Coleman, Dan Severn, you know, Don Fry. That's yeah. really that beginner one. And then after UFC 10, really, you're looking at. You had the Randy Coutures and the Chuck Liddells came in because Randy came Got in at it. UFC 13, Chuck came in at UFC 17, and there was that generation. And you were right; you were that next grouping. You were the guys that came in right after them. So, yeah, you're the third generation, baby. You know what I think about, man? I think about guys like I would have loved to have seen guys like Frank Shamrock fight. You know, um, Tito not Tito Ortiz, but Chuck Liddell, just certain guys like that. Way you know too I mean? big. for Way too big for... But he fought Tito. For, yeah, but again, hold on. And you got to go back to this and, and look yeah. at it. And he did. But he did it a la a Floyd Mayweather fighting a Canelo. 
because yeah. he fought Tito when Tito was susceptible to not knowing how to be an MMA fighter. He knew how to be a wrestler. He was, you know, he, he would throw on his feet, but he didn't have a whole lot of technique to yeah. it. And he did not know how to pace himself. He didn't understand. He was getting everybody out of there fairly fast, it seemed like. And then he got into a couple longer fights. But when Frank fought him, Frank fought him at a time when Frank was just way smarter in the sport than Tito was at that time. And that's, that's the way he beat him. That's rare to hear somebody say that Frank was smarter. <laughs> that's, that's rare. <laughs> oh, know. man. Um, no, but it was. it was. It really had nothing to do with – look – Smart wise, I don't know about that. What I would say is that he he knew that he could beat him, and this is the fight IQ situation where he knew he could beat him with just conditioning. He knew that yes. Tito was used to muscling people around. He knew that Tito was able to, you know, control people that way. Well, if Frank Frank, after training with him for several, you know, for several years, he's one of those guys just hard to hold down, slippery, really slippery. I don't think that guy had any hair on his body, like his chest, his arms, like no hair on his body whatsoever. You try to grab him, he was just like. Just slipped away. See, yeah, so no, I, mean, I looked at I, when I rolled with Frank. I said he was like a gnat. He was the guy. He never felt he wasn't heavy on top of you, no. or anything like that. But he just moved and bounced, and he was always trying. And if you got on top of him, he never stopped trying yeah. to move. He was the guy that he was that gnat that kept on trying to move and try to squirm his way into another position. I called him the gnat. He was and he was great at it. So. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, he just he was so hard to hold down. He knew it. I mean, that was funny. Like so many stories about um, when he started training with uh, Javier Mendez, and he told and and, and he asked Javier, like, "Hey, you got to work with me for the Kevin Jackson fight." He's like, "Oh yeah, easy fight, no big deal." And Javier's like, "Huh? This guy's a, he's like an Olympian. He's like he's flipping gold medalist. Gold medalist. Like what? Is he, what are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Wrestlers, they put their arms on the ground." He's like, "As soon as he takes me down, he's like, I'm gonna armbar him." <laughs> like clockwork and just 14 exact, seconds later <laughs> yeah just like clockwork you're like oh shit this is for real so um yeah i mean it just he was one of those sneaky guys he was real good on the neck too he was nasty good on the neck he was good at ankle locks you know he's just the hill hook i mean i think he uh he ended up tearing alan goa's his knee out with a oh, with yeah. a hill hook yeah well, i mean that's it, when well yeah alan he was one of the he best actually guys in the popped world. his popped his ankle in pancrase yeah. When Alan goes went there, that was a it was a great go between the two. Yeah, people, you know, a lot of people never got to see that, but it was really good. And he he, he ended up hurting Alan bad, but Alan stuck in there, never never yeah. said a word, just kept going. The, the people don't know this. I, I was told by him. I don't know. I, I look. I have never looked it up to research it. But Frank's very first fight was Boss Rudin. Yes. Isn't that the it craziest was. shit? You I ever? know. You look and you go. Damn. His very first fight was fucking Boss Rudin. Hey, he beat him, and, and that and that's what and that tells you exactly what Ken was as a brother. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. You're, you're right. You're my older brother. Supposed to be looking out for me. Let me put yes. you against Boss Rudin. We'll see yeah, if you're made you out for it. it. Yeah. This yep. is fucking crazy. I think they fought three times, like throughout their career. I think they, they did. It was yeah, Frank won the first one, then Boss won the next two. I think. Yeah, I think I think that's what Frank said as well. Yeah, a lot of history, man. So when I was listening to Quentin tell stories, just you know about Pride, the Yakuza, the you know things that they had said, and then it's funny because then I heard the uh, Brennan told the story about when he was fighting in um, in Brazil, and and the Brazilians came in like kind of like cornered him and said, "Hey, we'll give you fifty thousand dollars to wear this shirt or whatever after the fight." 
And so they gave him the shirt, and they say, he's like, okay, well, how do I get paid? He's like, what we're going to do is we're going to come in your hotel room. We only know the key. We only know the safe to you, the code to your safe in your hotel room. We put the money in there. He's like, and then after, if you lose, we come back and we grab the money. If you, if you win, we leave the money in there. I was like, he comes home. He's like all upset. He comes back to the hotel. He gets all upset. All of a sudden, like 20, 30 minutes after he gets to the hotel, bang, 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 because he lost. Bang, bang, bang. Guys come in, code, take the money out. Sorry, bro, leave. That was it. I'm like, oh, shit. There's 50 grand in there. Oh, that's crazy. Damn, that that sucks. hurt. Yeah, that would hurt. But, I mean, it was just great to hear some of the stories. We were talking about, because they asked us about, you know, the brown paper bags with pride, if we got paid that way. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's how I got paid. Because I was in the Tokyo Hilton. Yeah, I was in the Nagoya Hilton, and I was in the Tokyo Hilton. And they must have owned it or something because both times they blocked off the, the lobby. No one was allowed in there. They had two guys in black suits, white shirts, black ties standing there. There was one guy sitting on the couch, a bunch of brown bags all on the couch next to him or on the floor and on the, on the table. And then you walked up and you said, they put your bag in front of you and said, here it is. And then, you know, and the guy even, t- see, he told me, the guy told me to count it. But the other, Brent Quinton said, he's like, when they, when, when I went to count it, he's like, they got offended. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I said, Quinn, but you got paid a lot more money than I did. So <laughs> they were probably like, shit, man, this is going to take this dude a long it's time to count all this damn money. Shit. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, great times. Great. I hope, I hope uh, we get to, I hope we get to do it again with him, man. He was just absolutely amazing. Great stuff. Funny. Um, but so hey, what you think in, of the fight? Let's get, let's get let's into, get into Paul Wood. versus Tyron Woodley, man. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. It did not go. No, and I'm gonna, lie I, to I, me. Please, lie to me. No, I, I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest to everyone. Look, because unlike John, I, I like to say when I was wrong. Okay? So when I was oh, last week, we I was wrong. I was wrong. I didn't think I didn't think after the third round, he would really. I said, I thought I figured he would slow down. I thought he would punch himself out. I didn't think he'd be like be, getting in boxing shape is a different type of shape. But. Jake Paul's output wasn't much better. Like he was sticking the jab, sure, but he he wasn't really throwing a lot, a lot more than T Wood. He was just a busier fighter, moving on the outside, keeping him at bay, keeping him at bay, touching with the jab, and maybe the occasional one-two, couple little hooks here and there. But overall, T Wood did way better than I thought after, especially after the third round. And all he, he shot himself in the foot, John. I mean, the bottom yeah. line is. He, he that fight was for him to win. It was for him to yeah. lose. I mean, I should say he he lost that fight based on him just not throwing. All he had to do was throw more, and he would have won that fight. I, I didn't have it a split decision. I had it for Jake Paul. All you know, um, I, I don't yeah. remember what this. But I had I had it. I, I want to say I had it four to two, four to two, four. Yeah. Um, would, no, five. That would be sorry. six rounds. Six four, sorry, six two, <laughs> six three. two. Math, you know six math. Two? Okay, you, you know math. Five three, me, six know. two. It's all good. I was trying to remember if it was six rounds or eight rounds. It was eight rounds. Yeah. Um, but no, I had yeah, I had it six two. But but look, the, some of those rounds were way closer than it should. Then they were really close, and all he had to do was throw a little bit more, and he would have won that fight. And I you were talking that, about I didn't know I didn't know this when the ropes hold you up that that's considered a knockdown. Should've that was a knockdown. A knockdown. Look, and you know this is where you're looking. Here I'm going to get myself in trouble again. When you have a big show like that, and you have, I'm sure you know, I'm sure those guys are, are really good guys, and they and they did a good job overall. But you have a guy that had you know before before the show because they were saying oh, you know his 18th professional fight or his 19th professional fight, 
The other guy had five professional fights. And you're putting them in that situation with that pressure. They're not going to get everything right. And the one thing that he didn't get right, when, when Jake Paul got hit and the ropes held him up, meaning that if the ropes were not there, he would have hit the ground. That was a knockdown. That should have been called a knockdown by the referee, meaning that Tyron would have won that round 10-8 on the scorecards of those judges because there was nothing that Jake Paul did with the rest of the round that made it to where he would have brought it back. That's, that is a given. You get a knockdown, that's a home run in boxing, and it should have been called as a knockdown. Yeah. It was a mistake on the referee's part. That could have changed the fight right there as far as, you know, scoring-wise. You know, the one already had it for Tyron. But I, I look at it the same way as you. Tyron, you let that fight go. Yeah. You had it because you had him tired. You had him in positions where he was the guy that was backing up. He was the guy that was not able to control the pace of the fight. You were the one pushing the pace. But the one thing that he reverted back almost immediately, take a look at his stance and take a look at how square he was compared to what you'll see of a Canelo or of a guy that's a real boxer. Look at you know the guy that was in the, the fight before, I want to say Marino Love or something like that. Look at how bladed he is because you're taking away one side away from your opponent. He can't hit you to the back. You're cut in that split down going down the middle and – you made yourself an easier target for him to hit you with those jabs to the body and what he was trying to hit you with. And it was just part of, I understand it. You know, this is what you've done for so long as an MMA fighter because you have to because of takedowns and things. It's a different stance. But if he just had more output, he just yep. didn't throw enough. You've got to throw. If you're not throwing, you're not winning. you got to throw. Yep. And, and I think that was the big difference in it. I think if he, you know, had another sh- chance at it, I don't think Jake Paul would take that fight again, though. He knows now. It's like, oops, I got a guy that was hesitant and didn't come after me the way he should have, and he, he, he lucked himself, you know, into a win. He, he, he lucked himself into a fact yeah. that Tyron just didn't have the output to take that fight from him because it was there for the taking. Yeah, I, what I don't understand is someone like Tyrone's experience is this. You see, you can hear him breathing heavy. We could see it from the TV. I was like, he's exhausted. He was Jake, tired, Jake Paul man. was tired. And yep. and then when you started touching him a little bit here and there, don't get me wrong, Jake Paul showed a lot of um, he showed a lot of grit. There oh, was yeah. a lot of grit in there. He took that heavy shot against the rope, a couple big right hands against the rope, mm-hmm. ropes. And then when he got sat between the ropes a little bit there. He took some big shots. I was very surprised that he, I would again, thought for sure that Twinkle the bitch was going to ca- come out of his asshole and he was going to start folding. That's what I thought. I thought Poodle Hair was going to start to fold, but T. Wood just didn't get after him. Like when he rocked him, sat him in the ropes a little bit, he started shaking his hand. Bro, get after him. There's a lot on the line right now. Every fucking MMA, all of us, we're all, all of us MMA fighters are like, get him. Just put go, him on go, his yeah. ass. Go, well, how go. Many, how many times did you see... Tyron throw it because he never threw a three punch combination. No. I mean, did he? It was one, two, one, one, two. Yeah. And then he would crush his space like an MMA guy coming in, and he would also he was initiating the clinch when he yeah. had landed the clean shot. And you go, Tyron, you're killing me, dude. This is the difference between boxing and MMA. 
And it was just something that he has to learn. You know, I think he has to make those adjustments. And if he, if he was able to make those adjustments, it would have been a completely different fight. Yeah, he just he was closing the distance, like you said, too much. But that comes from the wrestling background and the MMA background. Yeah, because we, what absolutely. happens is you close the distance knowing that, hey, once I throw my combinations, I can grab you. You know, and so that was just that was the frustrating part. It was T. Woods' fight to win, and he lost it, it just was. based off the inactivity. That was one. Two is, I don't, I don't know what his. I couldn't hear. We couldn't hear the fight because because of YouTube. If we're watching it, we can't play anything. You know, so we'll get taken yeah. down. So on the fight command, I was thinking to myself, I wanted to hear what his corners were saying. Your corners got to be telling you these rounds are his so corner, close. I don't know if you're winning. His corner was not telling him anything that they shouldn't have. They were telling him exactly, look, you're not going after him. I need more out of you. I need you to go after him. Look, he's tired. Go after him. I need more output. Throw more. They're telling him. It's just that he just, he was stuck in that mode. They shook in the ring afterwards, said something about, like, "After after you get the tattoo, we'll do it again. But then Jake Paul came out and said he's retired. So it's Man. like, yeah, he's pulling, yeah, this is what's funny. He's pulling the Conor McGregor stuff. He's pulling yeah. pages out of everyone's book a little Everyone. bit. He did, the whole, he did the whole lick the glove like BJ Penn. I mean, you could tell he just <laughs> sat at home and just started like writing up all the shit that all the, a lot of the greats did. It was just like, what can I do to, to mimic them? You know, because he doesn't yep. have anything of his own. And so that just, ah, be like BJ, did you see what BJ wrote? BJ wrote something along the lines yeah. of like, says this is real and see my hands there's blood on it don't ever fucking copy me again you pussy like it's just i love it but uh you know i mean whatever i I, look i thought for sure when he started getting clipped with big shots i thought jake's sphincter was going to start tightening up a little bit more and he was going to (laughs) start he was going to start uh willing away and just and just withering away and just falling under the pressure but he didn't and you got to give him credit for it. I do. I'm giving him a ton of credit for that. I, I yep. am a lot. I'm giving him a ton of credit. He fought someone with a lot of experience. Uh, I thought I thought he fought I thought he fought a good fight. There's nothing wrong. I mean, he did what he knew that he was either slightly ahead or the rounds were close, but he felt like his output was more. He did everything he was supposed to do. It was T Wood that just I don't know what he was doing or what he was thinking, but he had moments in the fight. He landed the harder, cleaner shots throughout the fight. He had the hardest shots of the fight, for sure, no doubt. But they and just weren't is, enough. There wasn't enough but of the, This is where we say, you didn't lose the fight. You lost the boxing match. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened, is you lost a boxing match. He outpointed you. When you were winning the fighting part, you were landing heavy you know, shots at times. That, that fourth yep. round, again, the fourth round, it should have been a knockdown. That would have changed things up a lot. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I understand why Tyron wants another one. Uh, I think if he goes back and looks at it, he's going to see how he let rounds just slip by mm-hmm. by yeah. not throwing. And uh, I honestly, I there's no way there's going to be a rematch yeah. of that. No, there's no way. I don't think so either. And I don't think a lot of people, honestly, really care to see a rematch. T. Wood does because it's T. Wood, and he, sure. he feels like he should have sure. won that fight. But the other thing is that everyone's like, nah. Like, it just, it wasn't, it was close, but it wasn't active enough for it to be like a knockdown drag out where people were like going to line up to pay for it again. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna Now, that's the next question, though, is who does Jake Paul fight next? <laughs> I, think, I think they showed that. It's going to be a guy named Tommy Fury. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't have the skill set right now to fight real well either? No, so, nuh-uh. 
But no, I, I, I don't like. I don't want to. I'm not gonna pay to watch that fight. There's just no way. I watched well, T Wood because he had the MMA backing, but I mean, he's got the power, he's speed, all those things that I thought. He was obviously a little bit undersized, not as much as I would have thought, but he was. She was definitely the shorter fighter. Um, you know, stocky, strong, those things. But Tommy Fury's not. He's not. I don't know. It. It could be Anthony just a battle Ta- of the two of them not being. They're not great boxers, Anthony, but I mean, Anthony Taylor, the guy he fought, has fought at one thirty. One thirty-five, mostly one forty-five, mostly one forty-five. He's gone up to one fifty-five, okay, and he's fighting a yeah. guy at freaking one hundred ninety pounds. Come on. Well, let's talk about Tommy Fury's. Uh, pull up Tommy Fury's record. One of the guys he fought was like two and one hundred and twenty or some shit, or 12. 12 <laughs> wins, twelve wins, and one hundred and twenty losses. Who do, yeah. What fucking commissions are allowing this guy to keep fighting? Whoever oh, that's that guy England, is, baby, that's England. Jeez, look at the guy. Where's the guy's record? British Boxing Council. No, no, go. That. Is that him? Yeah. So one of his guys, some guy he fought, record two. No, no, no. There was a guy that we pulled up on Brennan's sh- show. Oh, you would. No, he's not on shirt. It wouldn't be on shirt. It's boxing. No, it'd be on Boxrec. Oh, box. Go to Boxrec and it would tell you. And are you typing in Tommy Fury? Yep. Type in Tommy. By Fury, the way, give you his podcast. Dave is gone today, so bear with us, ladies and gentlemen, because Gian is here. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows how I feel about Gian when he's on the freaking computer and he starts pulling up shit that we're not even talking about. Uh, I love it. There's a guy in there with a record. There you go, Tommy there, Fury. Go to the Tom. top. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that guy, Tommy Farr. No, go. What are you doing? Yeah. No, right there. Yeah, he's 10, 102, and 3. No, no, the there next guy up, Callum Down I. Zero wins, 26 losses, and two fucking draws. No, the next guy after that, two wins, 26 losses, 26 and losses. Zero, zero draws. Next yeah. guy, 0 and 11. Next guy, 0 and 9. Next guy, ooh, wow, 2 and 0. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> next guy, Unbe- 0 and 1. 0 and 1. Unbelievable, yeah. man. I, I love those. But I will say this though, this kid's out of the coverage when it comes to good looks. Jesus, the one <laughs> he walked into he walked into the cage. If you're Tyson, his brother, Jeez. one of them got all the boxing experience, and one of them got all the looks. John, which one would you want? Would you want the boxing, or would you want the good looks? Oh, dude, I'll take the boxing experience. Really? I've already I've gone through life like this. What are you talking yeah, about? That's I'm used true to it. As well, that's true okay. as well, man. <laughs> Everyone, it's funny. I asked, I asked Shab the same thing, and he goes, "Oh man, I take the boxing for sure." He's like, "You look how much money Fury's got." I'm like, "Yeah, but this kid could get a modeling job, making really damn good money too." He's he's pretty well built. He's got a good look to oh, him. He's... Crystal, what are they like? Greenish blue eyes, or whatever. I'm. I'm not oh, now lie, you're man. getting into the color of his eyes, right. boy. You are really jealous. checking him out. I, like, <laughs> I want to know. They have they have different they have different dads, but same same mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw Tyson Fury's dad. Guy's enormous. He's huge. He's like six two or six three, six four, something like that. Anyways, big guy as well. I see where Tyson gets it from. Oh, but anyways, look, overall though, look, and I'm being honest, this fight was way better than I thought it was gonna be. I didn't think that Jake Paul and T Wood, I thought it was gonna be one where T Wood kind of dominated the first two, three rounds. And then I thought he would kind of like slow down and peter out and just not do what he did, just not be active. Yep. But he yep. had moments, even in the later rounds, where I was like, "Just go more, go more." But look, this is what this is what you get though with older fighters, John. And I was one of them for a while. You're you're almost 
I don't know if it's you're trying to conserve energy or you just feel like the more exchanges you get into, the more chances you're going to get hit and then potentially get knocked out or, you know, or hurt or rocked or whatever it is. Because when I was younger, I didn't give two shits. But as I got older, I started caring about how many times I got hit because I realized that the hits didn't feel the same. And at 39, I wonder if T was feeling that a little bit because his output should have been there, man. And he, was, he, he had moments in that fight. I was like, you, you have this. You got to keep going. He just didn't do it. He, he, beat, he, he lost. He beat himself. Jake yes. Paul didn't beat him. He beat himself. I agree. That's the way I looked at it. I thought in yeah. the end, Tyron's going to go back and look at it and go, I just gave that to that kid. You can't I go, though, from Tyron to Tommy Fury. I'm sorry. You can't do it. Like it, I, I have no interest in watching that fight. It's a step backwards. Oh. I, I don't think that fight sells. It's, it is. It's a total it step sells. backwards. But, here, but here's the problem. As you know, Jake Paul, you've got to keep on now stepping yeah. up into that next category for people to actually care because the only way that the, the Tommy Fury thing works is he, mm -hmm. Tommy Fury's got a lot of people from the UK based upon his, uh, you know, reality TV stuff he's done that yeah. you know, they care, they care about him, but it's not going to carry that much. No. And so I, I look at that fight. That's not one that, uh, Showtime who, uh, put on the pay-per-view. Well, Showtime gonna, doesn't like to leave the country either a whole lot. And they're not going to get good pay-per-view numbers out of it. So, yeah, because yeah, they they don't like to they don't really care to leave the country a whole lot unless it's some you know unless it's a huge name. Now don't get me wrong, Jake Paul's becoming a big name, but he's not a he's not a Canelo, he's not a Tyson Fury, no. he's not a Deontay Wilder, he's not that person. And so until I think he gets to that level, which he may, I don't know. In terms of I don't think he'll be I don't think he'll ever be a world champion, but I think I think he's doing the right things, and he's got he's got the he's got the money the money machine of the of Showtime behind him. All the lead up for this stuff was done very well by Showtime. They did a great job, and I'm not being a homer. I actually, even with the Bellator stuff, when they do their promos, they're phenomenal, man. They do great They do great promos for the events. Yeah, they're they just do good work. Yeah, they do good work. So um, overall, though, I mean, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a way better fight than I thought, and you know. We, I think T would let it slip away, man. It's upsetting for as an MMA fight, a former MMA fighter, and then a friend of his, and just someone he's trained with. It's just, it's a little frustrating. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to see him come out with a win. All right, well, hey, let's get into the next thing. What's the next thing, Gian? Speaking of the mic, please. UFC Fight Night One Ninety One, <laughs> Brunton versus Till. One Ninety One. All right. Uh well, what do you think? Let's talk about the main event. I, I want to. We'll get into the main event. I, I'm obviously, I'm going to talk about. Uh, Molly McCann, because Molly McCann's my girl. She's my dog. Meatball <laughs> Molly. I love her, man. She's the energy, the excitement. She's just a fucking so fun to be around. Great person. All around great person. Um, yeah, but let's talk about Derek Brunson and Darren Till. I think it's it's a good matchup. You're looking at basically that stand-up versus grappler because, for in my opinion, for Derek Brunson to win this fight, he's got to get Till to the ground. He's got to do work on the ground that, slows Till down, damages him, makes it to where he's not effective in a stand-up. And if Derek Brunson just goes after him in the stand-up, it's not going to be a good night for Derek. You know, Darren Till, no, no matter what anyone wants to say, look at, do, the guy's stand-up is crisp. He's sharp. And he's got power in his hands. You know, he's a, he's a, even now, he was a big 170. He's still a big 185-er. So it's not like he's going to be at a size disadvantage. Strength-wise, he matches up well with Derek Brunson, but you know Derek is strong. Derek's got the better grappling. But again, 
getting somebody down is going to burn energy, and we've seen that Derek in five round fights, yep. you know, he he can burn out. So I look at this as, you know, Darren Till, this is your chance to really step it up, and you're you're taking on a guy who's ranked ahead of you, you know, Brunson. You're looking to get, he's trying to get that next bump into that top five, and yep. if he gets this win, that puts him in the top five. I think. Yeah, this is what I think. I think Darren Till, if he can just make Derek Brunson work for every single takedown, he's going to have a good chance of beating him. Because, yep. like you said, Derek Brunson has a tendency to slow down, especially now as he's got a little bit older. He's he's actually it's it's taking more energy out of him to get takedowns. And he's shooting less, too. He's almost like that Yoel Romero type thing where he used to wrestle all the time when he was first coming up, and he still got tired. But he was just a grinder. Someone just out-wrestled people and just put them on their back and was just making them work. As he's gotten older, though, his stand-up's gotten better as he's gotten older as oh, well. Yeah? But his wrestling, though, has is taken a back seat, which means now it's even harder to, to to wrestle for a full five rounds or even a full three rounds. I've seen him get tired of within a three-round time span, like two rounds, and he's exhausted. So if Darren Till can make him work for every single takedown and stay busy from the bottom and make him work to hold him down, I think he's got a good chance of potentially getting him out of there by the third, end of the third, maybe even into the fourth. It's going to be a tough fight, don't get me wrong, but Darren Till can't afford to be on bottom just not doing anything. He's got to be active and busy. And if he's active and busy, you're going to see Dar- uh, Brunson start having some issues. Yeah, but I think Brunson, since Brunson you know, switched up his training and, and you know, he's been at Sanford mm-hmm. doing training with those guys, he has showed a, a marked improvement in his output his fight iq of when to turn it on and when to not you know push hard in a takedown when to let it go he's been making really smart decisions he needs to make those smart decisions and he can win this fight he makes those smart decisions he'll beat darren till if he doesn't i think i think darren till is going to get him pull up darren till his record or like who he's fought not darren till sorry Derek bronson sorry he's fought a who's who yeah yeah i know he has i know he has but his last fight his last, his last couple of fights, but the Kevin Holland fight, he was, getting tired, toward, he, he was getting tired towards the end of that one as well. Yep. yep. Um, the the Ed, the Edmund Shabazian one, that was the main event, right? Yep. Yeah, that was three rounds. He looked good in that fight, but then I couldn't tell whether Shabazian was just it was just too much for him because that was Shabazian's first main event, correct? That was his, yeah, and his first loss. Yeah, his first loss and his first main event. So I think it was just too much for him. And then his next fight, he didn't look great either, Shabazian. But um, but in that fight, Brunson looked good. But then the next fight when he fought Kevin Holland, he started getting tired. You know, he was getting tired, tired also in that third round. That's right. Yeah, from trying to take But down Holland, Holland wasn't doing anything to get himself up, so it made it a little yep. bit easier. And that's the difference of if Till gets taken down, he needs to work and make yep. Brunson have to work hard to keep him down or get himself back to his feet. We just talked about this fight, uh, a similar fight than this, is Tito and Frank Shamrock. He's got to fight him just like that. Yep. Just Darren Till's got way better stand-up than Frank Shamrock. <laughs> but, <laughs> a little bit more power. Yeah, a, a lot more, more power. power, and he's <laughs> faster, better kicks, and better hands, and pretty much got way better everything on the feet than <laughs> Frank Shamrock. But, uh, but he's just got to make him work from the bottom. Everything he does, he's got to make him think about what he's doing, make him control the wrist, make him control, put his weight over him, make him work, make him frustrated on the top. You know, maybe even talk to him a little bit. You know, things like that get to people. It got to me a couple of times when I fought guys that talked to me. I fucking hated it. Um, and Frank Shamrock was the best at doing that, though. You would, you he would tell me. talked. I know he did it in the gym, but you said you said he used to do it a lot in the inside the. Oh, he did it the entire time in the fight. 
Yeah, I know he did it to Tito because I could see him talking to him when they were in the oh, cage, yeah. and then I know he did it to uh, to John Lober. He oh, fucking yeah. hated John Lober. He hated John Lober. Yeah, he he, puni- he, he punished John Lober and talked yeah, to him he, the entire time, saying, yeah. "How's it feel?" Dude, yeah, just, he goes, "You're gonna have to tap because I'm never gonna stop, and I'm not gonna." And he told him, "I'm not gonna hurt you to the point the referee's gonna stop it. I'm gonna stop punching you at the point where I think you really hurt." And then just start all over again. I love so you it. Better man. tap. He was ruthless, <laughs> he was crazy, bro. Man. <laughs> he, when I tra- when I trained with him, when I was younger, when I first started training with him, he would choke me, and I, when I would tap, he's like, "No, no, wake yourself out." And he would just loosen it up a little bit. He's like, "No, no, work yourself out." Then he choked me again, almost to the point where I was asleep. And then he like, and then I'd tap, and he would like, "No, no, you got to keep going. You got to get out of this. You can't just if you have energy to tap or you're able to tap, which means you still have energy to fight. Get out of it." And I was like, "Oh shit! All right." Fuck it. But, he, but he's right. <laughs> yeah. But true. he's right. This is true. Yeah. Yep. Um, what other fights on this uh, card are you interested in? I got to tell you, well, it doesn't have a, bit, a lot of big uh, name value. No, you but know. it's got Tom, it's got Tom Aspinall, who I, I really I like want to see, because I want to see his progression as a heavyweight. He's he's good. He's got a good ground game. He's got good submissions. His stand-up is coming along, and it's getting better and stuff. So it's a... Uh, it's a fight that I think is going to be interesting to watch. So watching Aspinall is a, is a good one for me. I always yeah. like watching guys that are at that moment. They're just a couple steps away from putting it all together. Yeah. What I love about him is that he looks just like fucking Frank Mir. Frank That's- Mir. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I think uh, after his last fight, he's like, man, it's so great to see Frank Mir posted and said, it's so great to see my son having success. <laughs> <That's> so great. <laughs> I fucking love it. I, re- uh, I re- really could be Frank's son. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he's good. He's. He reminds me honestly of like a, of a a mobile athletic, like almost like a serial gone. Like they're. It's this new generation of heavyweights that yep. are coming up. You know. I yep. mean. Um, it, it's More a little athletic. bit of that. Like yeah, that DC, that Cain Velasquez, like that style of heavyweight. But these guys have a little bit better of grapple. Like they're not wrestling, but the jiu-jitsu portion of it all. Like Kane Kane, he was a great wrestler. Good hands, good kicking. Didn't have great submissions. DC, DC. I don't think I never really saw DC train on the ground. Not only ever. <laughs> so, and I love me some DC, but I was like, oh man, nah, I'm never gonna be on my back. Okay, buddy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I loved it. But uh, yeah, so being like with Tom, he's he's not bad off of his back. He's good on top. He's got good hands. Good, good, st- got good striking. You know, decent. And uh, these this new generation of fighters, new generation of heavyweights. They're all they're all athletic. I'm surprised none of them, I'm surprised that some of them aren't in the NFL. I mean, Greg Hardy was, yeah. but but I mean, these guys look like phenomenal athletes overall. Um, yeah. Starting right, off look, the main card, that's that's the fight you gotta you gotta tune in for though. Yeah, everyone Luigi Vendramini against Patty Pimlet because Patty is a talker. I've watched Patty fight; he's good. So he's been talking a lot. This will be, I, I believe, this is his debut fight in the UFC. So. Is he he at 55? Yes. I think he's a 55-pounder, right? Yes. Everyone keeps talking about him. Like, he looks like a little damn kid. (laughs) And then what kind Uh, of fucking name is Batty? The Batty. Patty the Batty. Patty the Batty Pimblet. Come on, man. He looks like a little boy. Like, I see his Sherlock picture here. I'm sure it's an older picture. But he looks like a little boy. That's That's an older picture. Yeah. That's that's from a long time ago. 26, he doesn't look a day over 12. <laughs> Shit. 
still wondering if he's. Yeah. I, I'm honest. I was like, if this pitcher doesn't even look like he's gone through puberty yet. But I'm sure he can fight. I mean, there's oh, so much hype around him. He's on the main. He's on the main card as his first fight in the UFC. Yep. He's yep. he's got to be a little bit of a. He's got to be a scrapper. So everyone's well, talking about he's, him. He's a, he's a very good submission uh, specialist. He's got good submissions. He he pulls off uh, some really good all around submission skills. Rear naked chokes, heel hooks. He'll go after a lot of things. Uh, he's got a good ground and pound for the most part. His stand up is not that great. Mm. Uh, but he, uh, he's dangerous when the fight hits the ground. And so it'll be interesting to see. Really will. Well, he's his, one of his two losses is to Soren Bach, who fights in Bellator. And Soren Bach mm-hmm. just had a big win over um, shit. somebody in, in Bellator. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Sorry, but Bobby Lee against Bobby Lee. Yeah. I was like, jeez. But no, uh, Soren Bach also Soren beat Terry, Bach, beat Terry Soren Breeze Bach here. has got a ground game, man. Yeah, he's, just, he's a scrapper. He's just a junkyard dog who doesn't stop. Yep. You know, on the ground, that dude never, ever stops until he's in the position that he wants to be. He's a Viking. Um, he's a Viking, He's a Viking, man. dude. He's a true Viking. Have you not? I follow him on Instagram. He looks like a he's... Viking. He acts like a Viking. And if he was allowed to, he would pillage the village like a Viking. He, I'm just, I'm telling you, I follow him on Instagram. This guy does, like, he acts like it's no big deal. They get in these ice, like, lakes and stuff out there. I think, uh, where's he at? In Denmark? Denmark, I think. Yeah, Denmark. Yeah, Denmark. And uh, yeah, his buddies are trying to get in. They're like, "Oh, it's so cold," and he just like walks in, just hangs out. I'm like, "You're a fucking stud, bro. You're a stud. This guy's crazy." I mean, like he's he's good. I want to see like like him and Sydney Outlaw would be a great fight. Yes, it would. That would be a great fight because Sydney is strong. Sydney's a good wrestler. Sydney's got great jujitsu. This guy's got great scrambles. You know, and he's someone Sydney, who doesn't Sydney scrambles well, too. Yeah, he scrambles, and Sydney scrambles well. I think Soren, I think Sydney's got the little bit better jiu-jitsu, but Soren Box probably got a little bit better wrestling, but I think the strength would probably go to Sydney. It just would be a fun fight. Like, if you guys well, like watching good jiu-jitsu matches and wrestling matches, like two little ferrets getting after it, I mean, I think this would be, that'd be the style of fight. But yeah, Soren Bach looked great against Bobby Lee. He looked phenomenal against Terry Brazier when I called that fight. He was... He dominated him the whole time, and Terry's a, and I like Terry a lot. He's a good fighter, but uh, yeah, I mean, Sornbox riled off a bunch of wins, fourteen and one. Uh, but yeah, I so mean, we, we went from talking about Patty Pimlet to a guy sorry. that he lost to in Sornbox. Sorry, man. Sorry, <laughs> Patty, but Patty, Pat, Patty the Batty. Yeah, Patty. The I mean, I, I love when young kids come in. Everyone keeps telling me he's going to end up replacing uh, Connor because of the way he talks. No, no, okay, all right, no, because he doesn't. Right. Have, he doesn't have the. Uh, don't see it. Sorry, you know, I watched him. He's a good fighter. He's not that guy. Ah, so we'll see. All right, all right. Is he from the UK or is he from Ireland? UK. He's from the UK. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So let's buddy. talk about your uh, your uh, your Molly crush, Molly McCann. Yeah, <laughs> my Molly. I love her. She's just fun, man. Like honestly, I've been out to. Not, every time I've been out to the UK for uh, any events for Bellator, she's been there either with Liam McCord or whoever else you know that she's out there with, and she's just she's phenomenal, man. She's got great energy. She's ride or die for her for her friends that she trains with. But then I also love her energy inside the cage too when she fights. She comes forward. She tries to do everything she can. She's been a little bit on a skid, I think, recently. Yeah, yep. two losses, but yep. 
you know, got to get her back on track. She gets back on track. She's one of those like fan favorites. She's a sweetheart of a girl and she fights her ass off. Those, those are the kind of fighters you want to have. Those are the kind of fighters you want to be around. And those are the ones you want to support. So, ah, yeah. She's, um, I, this is, but we get into this, like two losses in a row. You're starting to look at things like, okay, what's your confidence like? How was your training? How have you been feeling in terms of, you know, your camps? Like you feel like you're in the right spot. This is when a lot of people start questioning whether they're at the right camp or not. They're thinking to themselves, you know, I have two losses in a row. I've never lost two in a row. Maybe I should start looking at other places to train with better, better people to train with. I mean, those are the things that go through her minds. I don't know if that's what she's thinking. I haven't talked to her really about any of that, but stuff. But she's she's a phenomenal athlete. She's a phenomenal fighter. She's someone that I think she can get in there and grind it out. But she's a dog. She just she takes big shots and gives big shots, and she just wants to fight. She's got to work on her ground game a little bit more, you know, in terms of you know getting back up to her feet and not settling on the bottom. But I think she. She she has something. She just needs to figure that out, and hopefully her confidence isn't too shot coming off two losses. Yeah, well, her opponent's also coming off a loss to Alexa Grasso, so and she also Alexa has a loss tough. to uh, yeah, she has a loss to Shevchenko, not not Valentina, Antonia, yeah. uh, but she, she's a good grappler. Doesn't have a ton of power in her hands, so I think it's a good matchup for Molly. Uh, she needs to be careful on the ground with her, but the fight she she can win but if she doesn't win it i don't think she's gonna be with the ufc anymore yeah i mean the thing with the thing with her is that she's when she gets taken down she tries to muscle herself out of a lot of things and when that doesn't work by the second round if she even if she does even if it does work by the second round you can't keep muscling yourself out of things because then you're tired you're exhausted and that's not something you can do for the whole three rounds and especially if you get the five rounds i mean if you get the five rounds you're doing something right but I mean, in, you, in three, you've been winning. Yeah, you've been winning in three <laughs> rounds, though. In three rounds, it's exhausting because you're fighting at a faster pace. People don't understand that when you're when you fight five rounds. Sure, you're fighting at a fast pace, but it's not the same pace that you fight at a three round fight. So there's there's different there's different levels to um, to fighting a five round and a three round fight. So yep, normally. All right, what Absolutely. else? Absolutely. No, that's it for me. As far as those are the ones that I I really yeah. look at. I mean, it's. It's one of those fight cards you look and you go, uh, doesn't have you know the huge names on there or anything like that, but it's got some good matchups and this could be a you know a fight card that's got yeah. a lot of really good fights on it. So yeah, that's the thing. So people need to like this is another thing people need to understand is that when you see a card like this, all these young fighters they got something to prove. Yeah, they they've all got they've all got to make sure that they're they're getting in a card like this where no one's name stands out. Well, guess what? You want your name to stand out. Like if Dana White's sitting there, or Sean Shelby, or uh, who's Nick the other Maynard. guy, Nick Maynard, and Nick, if Nick. yeah, if Nick Maynard, if they're Mick Maynard, sorry, Mick, there if they're go. all sitting there, if they if one of them's sitting there, or all of them are sitting there, and you're the only f- guy that comes out or girl that comes out and just lets it all hang out, they're like, oh shit, you stood out, and that's that's kind of what they need to do, and so this is their opportunity to shine on a car that's not you won't be overshadowed by. You know, by by someone else, you know, like an Izzy or a Connor or a Dustin Poirier or a Khabib or anybody else like that. Like you're not getting overshadowed. So this is your opportunity to shine. So these these cards will sometimes end up being barn burners, you know, of a yep. card. So if you guys are, you know, got nothing to do on Saturday, make sure you guys tune in and watch it, man. Should be a good fight. Should be Should some be. good fights. Should be. Oh, uh, what else you got, Gian? Ah, uh, let's talk about one. John. Yes. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, all right. Well, one of my favorite you, girls. You just to, want to talk about it because of Nicolini. Yep. Absolutely. I trained with her for years. She's an absolute sweetheart. She um, used to date one of my best friends uh, for the longest time, the Swiss Tiger. And uh, just overall, just like uh, she's a phenomenal jiu-jitsu player. She is getting a little older in age. I want to say she's 38, 37, 39. Shit, 39. Damn, time's fly. Uh, but she's got a win over Angela Lee, her last fight. You know, so, um, but yeah, she's phenomenal on the ground. She doesn't handle the striking all that well, but she is getting better. I hope this time away she spent time working on her striking. That would be nice to see. But as far in terms of being on the ground, there's I don't think there's a lot of girls in in, in jiu-jitsu that can hang with her. I mean, they'll be like McKinsey Dern. They'll be like oh, McKinsey yeah. Dern. They'll be like McKinsey Dern. Dern. <laughs> That's pretty much it when it comes to, you know, competing against her. There's McKinsey. There's uh Oh, gosh, I can't remember her her name. Oh, God. Gersey? Gersey? Anyways, there was a girl. that, But that's just jujitsu. That's not striking. So, you know, there's a lot well, of did, girls. Didn't Nicolini beat Angela Lee, but then Angela came back and beat her? Uh, no, they only fought the one time. Really? I thought they fought yeah. twice. Okay. No, they only fought the one time. Nope. I, mean, I think they did a jiu-jitsu did they do a jiu-jitsu match against each other so they were both out of evolve so they brought michelle nicolini in to one and michelle moved out there to teach it at uh i believe at evolve and then when they were there i guess angela lee and her really weren't really vibing to like connect and do what like to train together because i think they didn't realize they were gonna have to fight and yeah, so eventually yeah, yeah, but Michelle's just nasty good. I've rolled with her a little bit here and there, and she's for being so small. I didn't really like until I had trained with her. You look at a girl, and you say, or a female. Sorry for those of you guys that I've been, <laughs> you say you look at a female, and you go trouble. Yeah, you're you're you look like you look like you're pretty muscular. You look like you you know you've got some size to you. But then you when you train with them, you're like, oh wow, you're a lot smaller than I thought. Because you see them in a gi. Right, you see yeah. them in a gi, and they're kind of like you know the gi is a little bit bigger. It's you know sits on their shoulders more. The gi pants don't really; sh they're a little bit you know they stick out a little bit more in terms of around the legs and the ankles and stuff. So you really can't see. But once you start training with them, they're like, oh wow, you're tiny, you're tiny. So, uh, but look, this is this should be a good card overall. I mean, but it's pretty much it's all not pretty much it is all females. So it's a really it's just strange. It's the first time I've I've heard of them doing an all female card. Well, interesting. Nicolini's fighting Xiong, right? Yes. Who's got who's got really good stand up. So Yeah. And Michelle has a better, hard time with she's not a great wrestler. She better get the fight to the ground. Yeah, how Because I is... do know that Zhang has has fought Angela Lee twice. Won one, lost one. But got it. Zhang is good. She's only got two losses, so Yeah. Um, Whereas Angela Lee was able to get a submission on her the second time. Yep. Um which but is what you would expect, that. and that's what that's what you know. Michelle needs to, to look towards. You know, that's that's her bread and butter. Got I think it. you know what we need to get Mackenzie Dern on the show. We need to talk with Mackenzie. That's a good call. Yeah, that's We're a good do call. That. Yeah, we should do that. Um, overall, though, but like uh, Harada is, she's pretty good as well. She's four and zero. Oh. She's um, she's feisty, good on the decent on the feet, um, decent jujitsu. She's got a, a great. Um, like she's got good conditioning, good pressures the pace, pressures the pace real well. But overall, though, like the other girls, I'm not too familiar with you guys. So you have to bear with me, man. So the <laughs> Co He Hom, like I've seen her on a fight, 
But I haven't. I honestly, I haven't seen the rest of them fight. I wonder who uh, my Yamaguchi, Yamaguchi is, because it sounds oh. familiar. Now I could be thinking of someone else, but she sounds familiar. Yeah, it sounds like Yamauchi, which is Goichi. Yeah, Yamauchi. that's true. Yeah, but I don't think I've fighting. seen her fight. Been hmm, fighting for a while though. Yeah, I honestly, to be honest, I didn't forgot this card was coming up. I mean, we don't get a lot of we don't get a lot of uh, news on them up until the actual fight, until the week of. So, all right. Well, hey, that's the best we're gonna do on this card, to be honest. So, if you guys gonna tune in, but the the main event should be good. Michelle Nicolini and um, Zhang should be good. And then Harada's pretty good, so if you guys want to check her out, she's pretty damn good. All right, guys, before we get started on our next uh, conversation, let's go to mybookie.ag, scan the QR code, collect your bonus here with this little code, this little QR code right there. So they will give you a little extra spending cash. On You can bet on all sorts of stuff. Football's starting up now. You got basketball. You got all these things coming up. So you can start making those bets and placing those bets and making some money at mybookie.ag. Scan that QR code to collect your bonus. Promo code weighing in, scan to collect the bonus, and I hope you all win. Conor McGregor confirmed that he only has two fights left in his UFC contract. Mm -hmm. I thought you said we were going to do news, John. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. CM Punk officially retires from MMA. No, we'll uh, talk about it. We'll oh, my, really? <laughs> That's officially now? Wow. Wow. With his, with, his one, with his one loss and one no contest now? Yeah. Um, look, let's go, go back Mike to the Jackson. Connor thing. Let's go back to the Connor thing. Two two fights left on his contract. That doesn't really mean a whole lot. I mean, they can drag this out, drag this thing out for three years. He's not going to fight for another nine months if he does come back and fight at all. Yeah. You know. Uh, but it, look, honestly, it does. There is a lot of there is a lot of things for him to do outside of MMA. Yeah. You know, he was focusing strictly on boxing. So. He's, go ahead, John. I look at it this way. He's got two fights left. He's not going to get. He's definitely not going to fight again in 2021. No. So it'll be sometime if he's able to fight again in 2022, if his leg is back and he's comfortable enough with it, and he believes that he can, uh, you know, kick with it and not, you know, have problems based upon hurting himself mm -hmm. with the kicks. I know. I know. I know. It's you know, titanium rod. Not going to feel like he. No. It's not going to feel good, man. No. But uh, you know, as far as He's got the uh, he's got the ability to step outside like he's done before with the Mayweather thing, and not have the UFC as part of it. And then he could always come back too. I don't see them giving him that second fight without him signing on the line. You know, and, yeah, but they'd have to fight him within a year. I mean, he can sit out. He can afford to sit out for a year. So if they if they do fight him. Then he's like, he keeps asking them for a fight. They'll have to fight him within a year's time. They they have to yeah. either fight him or pay him out, and they pay him too much money. So they just maybe they'll pay him out, but I doubt it. I think they're gonna. But he's got to be smart and take it. Yep. I mean, but they're That's... what they're gonna do is they're gonna say, hey, well, okay, you want to fight? We're gonna give you someone you can't beat. If you're gonna ride off into the sunset, that's exactly what yeah. it's gonna be. Yep. So that's gonna kill what he makes leaving. You know. Yep. I mean, unless unless. Unless he says, hey, I'm going to go ahead and fight this last fight. Let's talk about I'm going to go into boxing because of my leg, whatever it is. And I think Dana would maybe say, hey, let's jump on. This is a good time for me to start Zufa boxing. There might be a reason for that. I mean, they may end up doing something like that. That'd be smart on both their parts because he can fight whoever the fuck he wants to fight. I'd rather watch him fight Jake Paul 
like how they did the, the UFC and, and McGregor and Mayweather thing, they could do the same thing for the Jake Paul situation. Sure. I would rather see Jake Paul fight Nick, Nick Diaz, though. That's the fight to make. Nick Diaz, if Nick Diaz loses to Robbie Lawler, the fight to make is Nick Diaz and Jake Paul. If he wins, then they're not going. They're going to make Nick Diaz fight somebody else. You know, get him closer to a title shot. So you speaking think of Jake so, Paul? Speaking of Jake Paul, what he says, he is now the new face of the fight game. Oh Jesus! Jesus Christ! <laughs> He's stealing Conor's. <laughs> like I said, he doesn't have any he lines of himself. I'm surprised he didn't say, "I am boxing." I'm surprised he didn't say that. Like he's just been stealing everybody's shit, and it's working. Whatever, man, just keep doing yeah, it. All right, you know, he's just pissing everybody off, which is good. I mean, being the hills is great. Hey. You know, as you as long as you're winning, that's it. Yep, you're winning. It works when you mm-hmm. when you can't be that guy and have the win. It doesn't work the same. But. Yeah, can you pull up the news on the actual laptop, please? Here, I will so talk. I here, I want to talk about. I want to talk about one here real quick. Okay, because I, I I got this one on my uh, my Twitter because. Someone put out a thing on Gable Stevenson going okay. to Bellator, going to the PFL, being there. He didn't go to the UFC, but being there, you know, in Vegas for a little bit, going to the WWE at SummerSlam or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and all these things. And where's he going to go and what's he going to do? WWE. <laughs> you know, he might, you know, but I looked at it and I said, you know, if he's smart, you know, I think he likes competition and. The one thing is, you know, the the WWE. You've decided you're going to be an actor. You're going to be a stuntman, and you can make money at it, no doubt about it. But I would like to see him try the the MMA world because he's a competitive guy. He's got that skill set, and he's young. He's 21. You know, there's so yeah. so much for him to do, and he could then go and do the WWE. But boy, you because know, I said the word fake. <laughs> Don't say the word fake. The WWE fans, and I and I wish Dave was on here since he's one of those guys. But you know, one of them is I have a, a friend, Paul Lazenby, who was in uh, he was in Pancrase. He's done pro wrestling. Great guy. Just set a world record. I want to give Paul credit. Set a world record uh, for his age group in a squat uh, recently and stuff. Super strong guy. And he, he even said he 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 tweeted me back. He said, "Ouch, stiff." <laughs> when I said the word fake. Because it's, there's nothing fake about what professional wrestlers do as far as the falls and the bumps. Oh, yeah. you know, it's all real, and, you know, and, it, and it hurts, and, and those guys take a lot of damage throughout their careers. But I always looked at it, and it's when you have a guy like Vince McMahon that has the ability to tell you, you're going to lose. You're losing. Yeah. You're going to put him over. That's where I go. That's fake. It's, it's predetermined is what I should say because it's a predetermined match. And when you're 21 years old and you're Gable Stevenson, I don't know if that's really what you want to do at this point when you have the ability to be a guy that can still go forward. I love the fact that everyone thinks all I hear, all I heard from people was something to the, uh, the effect of, oh, yeah, get CTE. That's smart. Hey, guys, just so you know, a whole lot of wrestlers have CTE <laughs> from all those slams and bumps they take. That's yeah. not something that you stay away from. And they also talked about money. You'll make a lot more money for one night being an MMA as Gable Stevenson than you will in one night for the WWE as Gable Stevenson. Yeah, there's a couple things though everyone needs to consider though that that I'm sure Gable is is this what he's been going through as of recently. He still has eligibility left in his college career. 
So he's going to go back and wrestle. So whoever he, he signs with, who, he's going to. Whoever he signs with, they have to sign him to a LA, LIH deal or LA. Anyways, yeah. it has to do with they, they're going to pay him, basically delayed, sponsor him. Delayed deal, yeah. Yeah, but that, that delayed deal, though, automatically stops at the end of his contract, at the end of his eligibility. So yeah. there's no guarantees that he would sign with that company afterwards because that's already been talked about amongst all the people that he has met with is that his contract is basically only good for that deal that he does with either the WWE or Bellator or UFC or whoever else he decides to go try PFL. and yep. yeah, PFL, whoever who it's only good through his eligibility. So really what he would be is just a spokesperson. He would come yep. to events. He would shake hands, kiss babies. He would, yeah. you know, He'd be you an know, ambassador. Do, yeah, be an ambassador for your brand. That's that's really what he would be. And there's no better. I would rather have him as an ambassador, as an Olympic gold medalist, you know, and helping to promote my organization. But they're, they, you know, they're going to want a lot of money, and yeah. so I don't know who, which companies would be willing to do something like that outside of the WWE, because Bellator doesn't do that. I don't think Dana does that, you know. And Bellator does it. You know, Bellator does it. Who have we had? 50 cent How about a guy named hoist gracie yeah how about hoist... a guy named randy couture how about a guy named 50 Cent? how about they've done it a bunch now the ufc really doesn't do it pfl okay, so... i don't know if they have or not i guess for me what i was talking about is somebody outside of the sport that has never competed like we had no, 50 no, cent no, no. we had 50 cent 50 yeah, cent had... would be yeah, Jay, Jay Glazer, but Jay Glazer also worked for us, too. So, I mean, like, you know, guys <laughs> like that. Yeah, guys like that. But, I mean, I'm saying guys like uh, Hoist and Randy and those guys, they've, they're have legends in the sport. You know, you want to have those guys, you know, frequent your events, talk about your events, talk about your fighters, your athletes, all those things. But that's having a guy who's only – but he's never wrestled. You're asking of Gable, he just hasn't yeah. competed yes. in MMA. Yeah. yeah. So it's all good. Yep, yeah. Okay, so what else you got? Uh, should we do uh, fan questions? Yeah, what's this thing right here you pulled up with Nate Diaz? Uh, it's, uh, basically, Nate Diaz seemingly accepts Vicente Luque's call-out. He just responded on Twitter. Just that a fist is, bump. That is so. not a look. That's not a good fight for um, Nate. <laughs> That's not a good fight for Nate. But then did again, what's, little, what's, did, what's Nate's Did record? you see the little Twitter battle between Nate and Connor, though? Yeah, something about you can't even walk. Shut yeah. the fuck up. I love that part. <laughs> it's like they're going back and forth, man. Bro, yeah, they, I love it. The, these guys are great, man. Like they, they honestly, every time they tweet something, I mean, I just deep down inside just fucking start laughing my ass off. Oh yeah, it's so great. Um, the best. I mean, the Vicente Luque fight. It'd be a fun fight. I'd love to watch it, but I don't think that's a smart fight for Nate. There's a, there's really only a couple fights left. I want to see Nate do. I'd like to see him fight Jake Paul. That's one. I'd, I'd like to see him fight Conor McGregor again. That's two. And for some reason, and I'm just being honest, for some reason, the Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier fight really interests me. That fight interests me. I don't know what it is. I don't think I don't think it's never going to happen because I don't think Nate's going to ever make 55 again. But, I mean, Dustin's said it a couple times. He's like, I'll go up and fight you at 70. Don't matter. Yeah, this is funny. He was undisputed, undisputed choke out artist, choked artist. Oh man, jeez, Nate, he, Nate's just out here bashing on everyone. Oh, I know. He's just he's just collecting dimes, man. He's just throwing out there. Bink. Oh, I got another one. <laughs> yeah, this guy. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, I ain't mad at him. It's like, oh. 
man. Dude, I love it. Like, let's be honest. They're good for when the sport. You take a look. He's great for the sport. And he has made himself viable at a level that few attain, especially with a guy that's never been a champion. Yeah. Never won that championship. Yeah. And he's one of the guys that everyone, they will pay to watch Nate Diaz fight. Hello. He's done it. Done great. <laughs> so Nate says to, to, to Connor, don't forget Kebab was scared, <laughs> scared as hell of me, and he beat your ass and finished you off. I don't forget DP scared of me also, but, the, <clears throat> but he beat your ass and finished you too. You're all pussies. <laughs> oh, man, he's good. You know what's crazy, man? Nick's not, Nick, Nick's not active at all on social media. Not at all. You know? Nothing. Not in it. You know, all. but Nate, Nate's a fucking, he's a Twitter gunslinger. <laughs> Love it, man. Oh. Anyways. All right, what else you got for us? Some fan questions? Yep. All right, let's go. Uh, first one is I'm from... Gonna, I got to put a limit on you because you tend to ramble sometimes. Just speak into the mic better than Dave does. All right, cool. <laughs> first one Yeah, from... don't take that shit. Go over there and slap him. Yeah, Gian, come slap me. <laughs> come here, Gian. Gian's in studio. See, like, see, right now, Dave's in Austin. I can't talk shit right now. No, you can't. Like, uh, try Gian, and do it go later. slap him. Right See, upside Dave. the head. I just, all I want to see is an arm and hand come sliding across there from the left to the that right. That would be funny, huh, Big, Big John? Big John, Big don't, get this young, awesome. don't get this young man killed, please. Please, don't get this young man killed. <laughs> yeah, okay. All of a sudden, uh, I, all of a sudden, I get a knock at the door. You instigated a death on a yeah. podcast. You're coming with us. <laughs> oh, you're accessory to murder. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Great job, John. No, it, I love baby. me some Gian, man. Gian, what are you? you Filipino? Yep. Yeah, full blood. Full blood. You don't have anything else in you? You eat your twenty-three of me? No, no. Nah, you're, you're mixed. Should. You're mixed. You got something else in you, man. People say I look Spanish, though. Yeah, you look a little Spanish to me, man. You got a little bit more of that Spanish in you. Yeah. All right. Talk to me, Goose. All right. So first question is from C Carter five hundred one. John, what is the biggest shot you've ever taken while trying to stop or end a fight? Biggest shot. Ah, let's see. Mark Coleman hit me in the ear one time. <laughs> it fucking it actually made my ear start to cauliflower. I had to drain my ear from it. I don't know what wow. the hell he hit me with. Oh yeah, it was a good one. It was a good soft, shot. Huh? Soft, huh? Uh, yeah, totally soft for my part. Um, that would probably be the one that fucking I, that that one I I felt was like God damn it, and, you know. And it was just Mark. You know, he's just going crazy and get you know when he when he won, he would get up crazy and stuff. So, but uh, Mark Coleman was, uh, he was probably the one that hit me the hardest. I, there was one time I'm trying to think of, it was uh, Court McGee. And I'm trying to think of who he was fighting. I can't remember, but he threw a kick right at, right as the bell was going. And I, I knew he was, I could see him setting up for it. And so, you know, I always put my hand between the middle of him. And so he goes to throw it and I threw my hand in there and I wrapped his leg and it hit me in the elbow and my whole arm went dead. Oh, as I'm oh. sitting there as, as, you know, as, the guys are going back, and I'm sitting there trying to shake my arm out. And it's like, yep, I can't move my fingers. This is really good right now. <laughs> it hit That's me right tough. in the tip of the elbow. I felt bad as far as, you know, if it hurt him at all as far as the elbow. But it hit me perfect on the elbow. You guys, let me, give you, a little, let me give you a little history, okay, of Big John. Let me talk to you about the, the biggest blow he's ever delivered was to Brian Johnson, UFC 3, where he broke his nose. Did not break his nose. That's a lie. See? Now, did I he tells that I story. He tells that story all the time about how you, you broke his nose. You came in and like I don't know. You but it was the end of the round or something like that. 
No, no. He was fighting okay. a guy named Reza, Reza Nazari, who was supposed to be this uh, Iranian wrestler. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian picks him up and slams him to the ground. So right away I was like, this guy's not an Iranian wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, Brian is just just pounding on him, and he hits him with a shot. And this is one of those visuals that, you know, when you, you can't see it on the fight. But he actually breaks his nose so bad, he pushes his nose, and it goes over. I'm trying to remember. I think it went over into his left eye, where the whole nose goes over, and it's Jeez. shifted off. It, I mean, and I went, oh, and I, I, I went to move him off, and my forearm hit Brian in the nose. And it, it bloodied his nose. And he goes, God damn, John, you're going to break my fucking nose. I said, dude, look at his nose. And he looks down, and he goes, that's <laughs> right, motherfucker. And he started going crazy. But, Brian. Yeah. I got I got I got uh, accused of breaking Brian's nose now for the last eh, 28, 27 yeah. years. Yeah, I mean he he was one, he was the original uh, AKA fighter. In Dude, the he UFC. was a stud of a fucking was, athlete, man. He was he, he was. was big and strong and fast. Yep, he spent a lot of his he spent a lot of his career in the pro wrestling over in Japan. He was a fucking huge yep. star over there at the time, you know, during that Pride days. Him yeah, and Don, him and him and Don Fry together. Yep, him and Don Fry, and then uh, I think Brock went over there a little bit for a while, and then who else was over there? Oh, Fujita, he was oh, yeah, obviously was one of their legends over there. Yeah. All right, what else you got? All right, next one is from Corbin Hopkins. Josh, who currently reminds you of yourself when you watch MMA? And who is the new age Josh Thompson at 155? Ooh, who currently reminds me of myself? Ooh, at 55. I don't know, man. I couldn't tell you. These guys at 55, are, they're all so much bigger. They're all fucking really damn good. They're phenomenal. Let me see. I mean... No, I don't see any of them. I don't see anybody. I don't see any of them. I don't know. I'm not. And nothing against them. Nothing against. Look, yeah, nothing against them. Um, no, they're all fucking great. They're all great fighters. I can't say anything anything bad about any of them. They're all great. Um, shit, I don't know. I couldn't tell you honestly. If I had to say, maybe somebody in there, like. In terms of well-roundedness, but was a little bit sloppy here and there every once in a while. But had had good, probably Benil Dariush in that top, you know, in that top ten, top fifteen. I, I mean, that's really kind of the only guy I can really think of, honestly. You know, uh, who else? Let me see. What about what? what? Pull up, pull up. Can you pull up Bellator's fifty-fivers? Could we have a Bellator fifty-five? What? Yeah, I know. I know. We got the, Usma, reminded me of you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of guys that remind. I don't know. I don't have any off the top of my head. Right there, that's men and women's rankings. Right there. This one. Yes. Jeez. The big one at the top. It says Bellator MMA rankings. <laughs> um, scroll down to the lightweights. I'm not a heavyweight. Jeez, come on, man. You might be. A <laughs> guy that uh, remind, would remind me is Miles Jury. Yeah, Miles and I were supposed to fight a couple times. Yep. My, I would say Miles for sure. Yep, did doesn't possess a lot of power. Good jujitsu, you know, good decent stand up. Kind of technically like pretty he's technical. Technically good. Yeah, he's good. Not you know doesn't do anything spectacular. He's not great at any one thing. Smart Probably. inside the cage, not real yeah. smart outside the cage. 
Wow. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I had to, man. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I'd, I'd probably maybe even say like a Benson Henderson. Like Miles and yeah. Benson kind of, you know, like that style of guys. That would be kind of me. Um, scroll down to the featherweights because I'd probably be a featherweight now. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be like a featherweight now. Uh, maybe like I would say a man, Daniel Weichel. Probably a Daniel yeah. Weichel Daniel or a Daniel Sanchez. Good. What do you think? You think Emmanuel Jeremy Sanchez? Kennedy, same thing. No, I think, yeah. I think Emmanuel Sanchez would be a good one. Daniel Weichel would be a good mix. Yeah, kind of those guys. I mean, I'm a mixture of everything, you know. Um, but if I was a matchup of some of those guys, I'd probably say like a Daniel Weichel is more of kind of how I was. Good, decent takedown defense, good, decent wrestling, good off my back, good on the feet, but it wasn't great at any one thing. All right, next. Our next question is from Chris Jacobs. He says, uh, should Sergeant Woodley get the I Love, uh, I Love Jake Paul tattoo in order to secure a rematch, or should he find another opponent or hang up the gloves? Uh, look, I, I I don't know what the deal is on the tattoo. I heard that he, it's going to cost him a lot of money if he doesn't get the tattoo. So he'll have to pay because in the contract, whoever lost had to get the tattoo. Now, the tattoo, after you got the tattoo, they're supposed to agree in the cage or in the ring that they would fight again. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But look, the great thing about tattoos, you can just get it covered up. Nope, you can't. So if you... That's part of the, the, there's a stipulation on that thing. No cover but is, up. But there must it. be a time frame. And it, be, I'm yeah. sure there is, but it's, it's supposedly that, you know, it has to be able to be visible even when you're wearing, you know, like shorts. Shorts. Oh, shit. And a, and a, <laughs> Shorts or a T-shirt. So if it's on your arm, it's got to be on your lower arm. So there's a, there's a lot of stipulations Christ. supposedly with that. You know, that's that's for Tyron to you know decide what he's going to do and how important this is. But even getting neck. the tattoo does not yeah. mean that he's going to get that fight. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get the rematch. Just my honest opinion. He's moving on. Jake Paul's going to move on. He ain't getting the rematch. It's not even really worth a discussion. I mean. We'll see if the paper you never come back fucking stacked. You never know if they do four million. Then you never know, but I doubt it. <laughs> they ain't coming back no. to four million. No. Next. Next question is from Davon Grayson. Do you believe uh, Giga Chikadze is the best striker in MMA, and how would he do against Max Holloway? No, he's not the best striker in MMA. Let's just be honest, okay? It's he's a great striker, and I take nothing away from Giga, but. There's other guys out there. There's a guy named Israel Adesanya. There's a lot of great strikers that are in MMA. Ray Daniels is in MMA. Mm -hmm. uh, just some incredibly gifted strikers. Stephen Thompson. Chikadze is good. Stephen Thompson, another one. You know, Giga's good. Chikadze is very good. And you know, and I, I was, I've been there with him when he was in Glory and stuff. But to say that he's the best, no, no, he's not the best. But he is very good. Yeah. And uh, in the featherweight division, he might have the best stand-up game there is. The biggest problem is there's guys that have a full game, and right now he doesn't have that full game. It's going to be difficult for him to get into those top guys. You know, when, he, when he's calling out people right now, he's being very smart mm -hmm. in who he's calling out. If you're going to call out a Calvin, you know, Cater, Cater. great, smart smart fight for you because calvin loves to stand up and bang mm -hmm. you're gonna call out a max holloway great fight for you a guy that likes to stand up and bang even yari Rod rodriguez 
You know, Yair would try to get you to the ground, but he's going to have a difficult time. So that's a good fight for you. But then you could look at, you know, there's guys in there. Arnold Allen would cause Giga some problems, in my opinion. He's just that yeah. guy that's good everywhere. He's got a really good ground game. He's got good takedowns. I think the Korean uh, zombie would be a difficult fight for him right now. Yeah. Based upon his ability to get the fight to the ground, Brian Ortega would be a horrible, tough fight for him. I think right a horrible now. fight for him. Okay. And that's my point. And the champion right now in Volkanovski would be a hard fight for him. Yeah. You know, Volkanovski's got good wrestling. He can take people down, and when he takes them down, he's got good heavy ground and pound. So there's guys that he fits in very well with, and there's mm -hmm. guys that you look and go, that guy could give him a problem. So it's just a matter of time. He just needs more time, more training. Just he needs to get all those things melding together where the transitions are smooth and seamless, and the takedown attempts that people are going to try – He's able to fight them off with less energy and make them pay more. That's that's at the point where now you're talking about championship status. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. I think I think the Calvin Cater fight should be next for him. That's a perfect setup for him to jump up to at least in the top yep. five. Great yep. fight. Calvin's coming off of a horrible loss to Max Holloway and just needed the time to recover from that fight. Um, but that's that's a great fight for him. I think those two guys, and I think it'd be a barn burner of a fight. I think if he was to yep. jump up to the Max Holloway fight right now, I think Max would, would beat him pretty easily. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, don't get me wrong, it'd still be kind of a, a tough fight, but it's guaranteed to be a main event. And I think in a five-round fight, Max, his output, <coughs> excuse me, would just be too much. Well, you, you, this fight that he had against Edson, that, that's a five-round fight. Yeah. The big difference is Edson is known to known to go and to start to slow down going into those later rounds where Max Max doesn't really slow down. Max has got a yeah. gas tank. Max has got to keep pushing the pace. So, look, yep. it's going to be fun to watch Giga. You know, he's, uh, he's right there. He's got a special skill set. He needs to continue to, you know, do what he's doing as far as bringing himself up. But I thought, I thought his call-outs – those were the right guys to call out. Don't call out the guys who are going to give you, you know, problems in in a section of the sport that that is not yeah. your strength right now. I would like to see him fight Yair just so we could Yair would, Yair would just drop out. <laughs> the guy hasn't fought. When's the last time Yair really fought? I, I, I knew you were going to say that. You're going to say I want to see him fight Yair because Yair will never fight him. <laughs> he fucking won't ever fight anybody. That's fuck. It just drives me absolutely nuts, man. Well. Why do they That's, still even have him in the rankings? He hasn't fought in like a year and a half or some shit. I don't know. What's the, what's it been? Jeremy it, Stevens. Like, yeah. Well, 2019. Good God. Yeah. Good God. Talk to me. Like, why Talk are you, me, why are you rank, what is he ranked number three or four? Why are you there? Get out. Uh, no, if, especially if you haven't fought in that, that amount of time. Gosh. There's got to be a limit, like a year long. I would say 15. I think because Bellator is 15 months. I'm not trying to piggyback it off the Bellator thing, but... I mean, you get to a certain, like, time frame. Like, hey, if you haven't fought in two years, beat it. I mean, that's we're pushing up. What is that? It's, math's not my strong suit. So 19, I don't know what, when it was in 19. But it's in 19. So 19, 20, 21. It's two and a half years. Well, Jeez, October. Half, but okay, so it's coming up on two. Jeez, man. Jeez. Coming up on two. Two years. Horrible. Yep. Well, See you later. Yeah, but see, this is where you look, and you know, Yair's what thirteen and two. He's allowing his his fight career. This is the prime. He's twenty eight years old. This is the time that man he should be just 
putting on performances and getting paid. When you're sitting on the sidelines, you're not getting paid. It's horrible, John. Next. Next that's why, that's why he's your favorite fighter. Yeah, two of my favorites. That's your boy right there. That's Poor your you boy. Man. Jeez. All right, next. All right, next question is from Steven. He says, Sean O'Malley says he isn't taking any ranked fighters until he gets paid more. Is that a smart strategy? You'd be stupid not to. I think we talked about this also, too, on the, uh, on the fight pan. I think Sean needs to wait. He needs to keep calling out all the top dogs. But look, until he gets his new contract, which is fair. That's a, we've talked about this, John, I don't know how many times. Yeah. If you're on your first contract or your second contract, you're not getting paid shit. He's probably making, I don't know, let's just say he's making a hundred grand. One 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 hundred, maybe one fifty, somewhere in there. After like sorry, you gotta renegotiate, man. When you get to your third contract or when the money starts hitting two fifty, two hundred, two fifty, then they're gonna start asking you to fight the bigger names. And that's a fair. That's fair. I love that he's talking all the trash. I love that he's he's got you know, I name. I don't present. think he's up where I don't think he's up where you're saying with the one hundred to one fifty right now. You don't think so? Oh, geez. no. I think. I mean, for the opponents he's fighting, to be honest, he shouldn't. He shouldn't really be there. I think he's somewhere in the seventy seventy five range right now. Yeah, yeah. If that's the, if that's the case, I mean, Marlon uh, you know, Chito was his only guy that he really fought. Yep. That was in the top. You know, the top. 10, well, they top they wanted him to fight Frankie Edgar in New York, and he turned he that turned down. And look who is fighting Frankie Edgar now in New York. Chito, Chito Vera. <laughs> so you know, fight. It's gonna be a fun oh, fight. Yeah. Um, a good fight. But I think it's good for Sean that he's doing what he's doing. So I know everyone thinks I hate Sean. I love Sean. I think he's great for the sport. I look at him he's as like another. He's trying to control. Yeah. I, he, he needs to, This is what fighters need to do. He's controlling his own destiny. That's but he, right. here's the other thing. Like with Yair, he's just not busy. You can control your destiny, but you got to be busy. This guy's busy. He fights. He's active. He's exciting. He puts on good shows. He's got his own little podcast that he's doing. I don't know what else he does, but like. He does good stuff. Like he's he's always helping to grow his brand, which is brilliant on his part. He was at the uh, Jake Paul fight and the T Wood fight. He was there. Uh, someone said that they saw him to it. One of the other last uh, trillers or something. I don't know. There's another show that he was at. They all ran into him. He's hanging out with a lot of the, the YouTube like you know celebrities or whatever. So he's building his brand. There's no reason for him to ruin building his brand for seventy grand. Well, let's just say he's making fifty and fifty. That's not worth it. That's not worth it. Just keep fight the fight the the lower level guys. And when the lower level guys are your contracts up, and you're done beating up on the lower level guys, and you negotiate for a lot more money, then let's go ahead and, and do it. And you I'm, and you got to step up. Yeah, he's brilliant, man. This is a brilliant, brilliant job. Good job, good job, buddy. Good job, Sean. Good job, Sean. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna call him. Sh- I, was, I, Sugar I was thinking Shane. I was thinking Sugar Shane, Sugar Sean. All right, next. All right, next question is uh, two more. Not, not two more. Question. This one and one more. All right, cool. So the next one is- to, it takes you forever to read. <laughs> Jeez. Next one is from Johan. He says, "I believe Josh should fight Jake Paul and let Big John be the referee." <laughs> Josh, would you ever come back for a big payday? No, no, I have absolutely no, <laughs> no. desire. <laughs> I have absolutely no desire to box. I have no idea. I have no desire to, to get punched ever again in the face. I have none of these desires anymore. And the other thing I do not desire is to fucking have Big John as my referee to let me get headbutted. Okay? I have that no desire to do that either. Okay? That was the nail in the coffin. I got headbutted. John didn't see it. 
fight career was over. Not done. Again. Not Never again. again. I'm not going back to put me in that shitty situation with John as my referee, letting Jake Paul fucking headbutt me. Next thing you know, I'll get a tattoo would, on my ass. I swear <laughs> to you, I would not let Jake Paul headbutt you. Because oh, I would do it first. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. I then I end up with some tattoo on my ass. Before the fight started, just grab your head and wham. Say, there you go. Now fight. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Killing me, man. Killing me. I love it. Uh, um, okay, one more. Next right. one. Next one is from uh, Christian Blancy. Big John, did you ever want to start your own MMA promotion like a local thing? Are you kidding me? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's like to run an MMA promotion? Horrible. Especially a regional one? Oh, my God. Look, I, I was asked to do certain things in my uh, my life, and one of them was uh, run an MMA promotion, and I turned that down. And that's because I understand what it takes to run an MMA promotion. Is that promotion still around? No, it is not. Well, then that means, guess what? That means that you I made fucking, the right choice. No, you burned that promotion. You could have made that thing work, and you fucked oh, the Oh, so it's my fault that the it investors. Didn't. I got it. Okay. It's all your fault that it didn't work. It is. Out. It probably is my fault. But it's a matter of, you know, it's it, it's not an easy thing. And people no. think that because the UFC makes a lot of money, which they do, and they deserve it because they have spent a lot of money and done a lot of things to market the sport and create the situation, you know, I always say that I want to see them give more money to the fighters. I'm being honest, I do, but you know that's it, it's that's just my opinion, and it doesn't mean anything because they can do what they want. But what they do is not easy. No, it is not so. easy to be a UFC. It is not easy to be a Bellator. It's not easy to be a PFL. What are it we on? Twenty five years now. Twenty five years now. The UFC's no, no, been around more than that. 28. Yeah, 20, 28, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. They were a rusty, old, rickety VW bus that had been rusted out in a field for the you know for however many years it was going when they bought it. Basically, it was just there was just no, there were so many things that they had to do. They spent millions. What was it, John? Forty something million in the hole. Fifty four. Fifty four million dollars in the hole. They struck yeah. oil. Okay, uh, with the the Stephen Bonner and the Ultimate Fighter, wow, Stephen Bonner. I'm just, and, uh, I'm just looking at what they're saying here. This is such, such bullshit. Oh. <laughs> I love oh, 28 it. years. What 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 do they say? Saying founders: Art Davy, Bob Myrowitz, Campbell McLaren, David Isaacs, John Milius, Horian Gracie. And that's not. not true. That's not true. Yeah. Okay. Who's the founders? Art Davy, mm-hmm. who's the one that went to Horian Gracie, got Horian Gracie to get into it with him which gave him some credibility, so Horian Grace would be. Horian brought John Milius in for, because he was part of Hollywood and mm-hmm. to get ideas, and he did Conan the Barbarian, so that that's where they got the idea of like kind of doing it in a pit kind mm-hmm. of thing or cage. That's where the cage came from, John Milius. David Isaacs wasn't even part of it. Campbell McLaren is going to say he, he's a co-founder of the UFC. He's a guy that was the one that Art Davey went to to try to get Semaphore Entertainment Group, which is Bob Meyerowitz owned it. Campbell McLaren worked for Bob Meyerowitz. So he went to, at the time there was, uh, I want to say Prime Ticket, there was HBO, there was only a couple uh, entities doing pay-per-views. But Semaphore Entertainment uh, was doing pay-per-views for rock and roll shows. They did a, a, a Jimmy Connors versus Martina Navratilova tennis match mm-hmm. that they put on paper, similar to the old uh, Billie Jean King versus Bobby yeah. Riggs. Yeah. And uh, so 
Art Davies set up an appointment and went and had a meeting with Campbell McLaren, and it was Campbell who said, this sounds great to me. And he took it to Bob Meyerowitz, his boss, and said, well, I think we ought to do this. And Bob, eh, well, keep on working at it. And eventually they decided, yes, they were going to do it. So to sit there and say that Campbell McLaren's the founder, not true. To say that Bob, Bob Meyerowitz was a partner in it, but he wasn't the founder. He was a partner yeah. in the beginning, and then he owned the whole thing. After UFC 5, he, he bought the whole thing and owned the whole thing. So. Gosh, crazy man. So what I yeah what I was saying was is they were a, they were an old rickety Volkswagen in the middle of the field. Then they got then they bought it. The Fertitas bought it. They struck oil with the the Ultimate Fighter with that final finale fight with Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. Great fight in terms of it was entertaining. We've talked about this yep. several times. It wasn't a yep. technically a great fight, no, but, it, but was, it was it was very entertaining. It was a great fight for TV. Um. And from then on, they were able to start building up their stuff and just started using because, you know, like I said, they struck oil. They just started using that oil to make this thing a fine tuned oil machine. It just was running on all gears, all cylinders, and it just started developing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's where they're at right now, man. And they've done a lot of they've done a lot. Like, I know that people think that we get on them, but I don't. I don't get on. I get on them for things that I've experienced with them, you know, whether it's Dana or anybody else in that organization. I don't get on them for, you know, for what they've done for the sport. I don't get on that about them. You know, um, I do think they should pay fighters more. But I also said I think that we need to keep it within the means in terms of let's bump them up three percentage points. Then in ten, six years, let's go back and do it again, bump it up a little bit more and start working to it. You can't just do it all at once. This is a fine um, oiled machine right now. It's just it's a cash cow. It's doing its thing. Don't get me wrong. They lose money, but they're putting out great promos. They're constantly promoting their organization and their top fighters. And they're constantly promoting what they're in their biggest events. And they're doing a wonderful job at that. And then you can't be mad at that. You know, they're, they're on track. They're, they're doing a wonderful job And this, but this took years and years of them developing this. So, and it, hey. it took the Fertitas money and look, they were yeah. $54 million in the hole, in the hole. And looking to sell it, yeah. So, you know, it was it was Lorenzo Fertitta that was the difference maker in the entire thing. Yeah. He's the guy that he kept on. All right, we're going to do this, and he was the one that said we're going to do the reality show. Dana did not want to do it. I'm telling you right now, Dana did not. He hated reality TV. And he said, I, I, "I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that'll work." And Lorenzo was doing a show with Craig Poligian called American Casino. It was about the Green Valley. Green uh, Valley Ranch. Green Valley Ranch Hotel yeah. that he and his brother own. It's and nice. he said, nope, this is what we're going to do. And he was right. It worked. Well, moneymaker. All right, Gian, one more? Let's do one more. All Last right. one. Speaking of promotion. <laughs> I said two, and Gian goes, one more. Okay. All right. So speaking of promotion, Bueller asks, who do you think would be a good replacement once Dana White retires? It's going to be a while, man. The only way the only way I see Dana White retiring like in the next say ten years is based off of some sort of you know shenanigans. It's gonna be one of those things. That's the only way I see him. It's gonna <laughs> be one what of kind those of shenanigans things. you're talking about. Yeah, you do. But I'm just simply <laughs> yeah, saying it's gonna be one of those things. He ain't gonna just oh, okay, I've had enough of making all these millions. He ain't gonna do that. He'll fucking ride this thing until the wheels fall off. That that's him. The only way I see him getting pushed out is the other way. That's it. 
it, but if you're if you were but they're asking who would you see taking his place there's a couple people i could see taking his place but they're they're gonna want someone not so much and this is where people look at dana and they think that dana is the one pulling all the levers and doing all the work he's not okay and i'm not i'm not putting him down that's not why why i'm saying that i'm just saying he's got his job and he's very good at his job and he does that job well but if you think that he's the one making all the decisions He's not. No, he's never been the one guys, making all the decisions. Exactly. Well, that's it was Lorenzo. And, you know, you yeah. got other guys. You got Hunter Campbell in there, very smart, doing a lot of things with it. You know, there's all these guys that are part of that organization uh, that they're making the decisions in a lot of it. Now, now Dana has his times when, you know, he's, he's coming up with stuff and everything. But if you were going to look at somebody to take his spot, it has to be somebody that has a personality because that spot – is because of what Dana has done and the way that Lorenzo pushed Dana in becoming a personality, people expect that out of the president of the UFC. And so I would tell you that I would see someone, you know, a Daniel Cormier, someone like, you know, DC. Mm. He would be a guy that could take that job and have a personality, do it different than Dana. Yeah. He'd have a different style, a different way of doing it, but I could definitely see him being a guy doing it. See, I was thinking bigger. I was thinking the fucking rock. That's what I was. <laughs> I thought you meant to say Chael Sonnen. No, I was thinking, I was thinking the rock. The rock. I don't. I, I look. It. I think Chael would probably be good as well. Chael's, believe it or not, Chael's brilliant, man. He he knows business. He knows how to handle. He does a lot of great things behind the scenes, and him and Dana have a really good relationship. So I could potentially see Chael sliding in there as well. Look, he's the only guy that I've seen work for UFC, PFL, Bellator, ESPN. <laughs> he does Fox. it all, baby. He works for everyone. And he's a stud, him. man. He's a stud at what he does. Yeah. I mean, I give him props all the time about you know him being so good at what he does um, in terms of that. But I, I also agree with you with DC. DC would be a great feeling because DC holds himself very well. He uh, speaks well. He, he communicates with others. A lot of people, he has that energy when he walks into the room. Just people just gravitate towards. Yep. So I could see that as well. I mean, I... I would think you put someone like The Rock in there as well, just for, for just facial recognition. Rock. He doesn't but, want to do that. He don't want to nope. do that shit. Negative. But I'm saying he could Negative. be the face. He could be the face and just talk, and that would be it. But I don't think he'd want to. He makes he's multi, multi, multi. He's got to be pushing billionaire status here soon. All right. Also, go to our clips channel. The link down below is in our main channel for that clips channel. Hit that link. Hit the subscribe button. We do a show there that will release. Uh, it's called Wayne Interjection. It's a quick little eight-minute, twelve-minute-long show. It's fun, energetic things that John and I love to just riff on and have fun, and we yell a lot in the mic. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. So uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com/slash Wayne in, and also use the promo code and still for that. You guys pick up a plethora of any of our shirts that are there, all different colors. We've got the Terminator. We've got the Home Improvement. We've got Karate Kid shirt. We've got our different, our main logo, as well as our original logo is on there as, as well. So pick, check all that out and pick one up and use the promo code and still. All right, guys. Hey, we want to thank you guys for listening to the show. And John, John always takes us off the air. So I let John, let's go, baby. My last thing to say is go to Pro Wrestling Tees. Get a t-shirt. Go to mybookie.ag. Sign yourself up. Get Be part of the fights with at least five bucks that's all you got to put in you don't have to win a lot to be happy about winning so do that have fun and the last thing i will tell you is josh we're out let's see you bye